Before we begin, I'm happy to announce the release of my newest book, Conscious Conduit, A Dowser's Guide to the Business of Ascension. This book is a new addition to my first book released in 2018. In this revised and expanded edition, I go into more detail about how you can use dowsing to expand your own consciousness, improve your life, and how to turn your dowsing hobby into a thriving business. The book is available in print or ebook form and retails for only $9.99. I'll be bringing copies with me whenever I make personal appearances, but you can get your own copy today at Amazon.com. And now, for today's podcast. Welcome to High Vibes with your host, Bill G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth-dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to our podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now for today's podcast. Hello and welcome to High Vibes. I'm your host, Bill G. On today's podcast, I'd like to talk to you about some of the clearing work that I've been doing on myself, especially my own shadow work. It is difficult to put into words what we need to clear within ourselves, especially when it comes to those shadow aspects of ourselves that we would rather keep hidden. This is why we dowsers turn to our pendulums and other dowsing tools when we need to articulate what it is that we're going through. When we clear our consciousnesses of the influences of the ego, we make way for inner truth to present itself to us. When I picked up my pendulum, I was directed to the ascension charts, especially the second density vibrational distortion charts. Within the law of one, there are eight densities of consciousness, all of which correspond to different levels of consciousness expansion within our experiential journey. The second density is the realm of living things that exist primarily outside of the realm of what we human beings would be consider to be sentient life. However, when we go beyond the physical realms, plants, animals, and even bacteria and viruses, they teach us lessons about ourselves through the pre-programmed behaviors and collective social memory complexes of these living beings. Within the second density vibrational distortions, what came up for me were rodents. So how do rodents relate to my own shadow work? What do these animals have to teach me? Well, rodents are one of the most prolific mammals in the world. Of the current 4,000 mammal species of the world, 1,500 of them are rodents of some form or another, each with unique characteristics and behaviors. One thing they have in common is communal behavior. So due to that communal behavior, rodents operate consciously as a micro-social memory complex that appears to bifurcate in accordance to each individual subclass or subspecies within the rodent realm. For instance, as I observe the squirrels and chipmunks in my backyard, all of the chipmunks appear to be operating on one particular set of behaviors and narratives 
while the squirrels, mice, rabbits, and moles are all operating on another. They seem only marginally aware of each other, insofar as they generally are competing for similar food sources, but since there's plenty for everyone, they scarcely acknowledge each other beyond getting out of each other's way. In my observations about current human behavior, there seems to be a similar phenomenon going on, where humans in our society appear to be evolving into a form of species behavior that goes beyond such superficial characteristics such as race, socioeconomic class, and gender, but these distinctions are by no means extinct. It's just that these distinctions appear to be giving way to a gentrified group consciousness based on where one stands, not just politically, but the level by which they choose to give in to a group narrative. Within myself, I've been struggling with the letting go of such narratives and distinctions as I continue to recognize them for the illusions that they are. For most of my life, I have tried to identify myself within the context of groups that I felt that I aligned with or that I believed were a reflection of my values. As a teenager, I identified myself as a performer and theater geek, and so I saw the world through the lens of an actor. In college, I hung out with the history geeks and fancied myself an intellectual. After college, I joined the workforce, and so I fancied myself a member of the proletariat. And then, when I started dowsing for a living, I saw myself as being part of a community of woo practitioners within the New Age movement. The problem with all this group identification is that in each one I suffered from a high degree of imposter syndrome, as I always felt that I never quite fit into the mold of whatever tribe I tried to assimilate myself into. Part of the problem was that I spent most of my time trying to find ways to fit in, rather than just allowing myself to be part of a group. This is because there was a big part of my consciousness that wouldn't allow myself to fit into any particular tribe. The theater gang liked to drink too much, the intellectuals I hung out with liked to discuss Nietzsche and Marx and as they got wasted on weed, and the working Joes liked to drink beer and watch football. And many of the Western New Age people were often too deep in their own religious constructs to where it was difficult to find common ground. I'm not complaining that there's anything wrong with this particular journey of mine. I'm sure that many of you listening to the podcast have experienced imposter syndrome to one degree or another throughout your lives. Indeed, up until a few years ago, mild variations in attitudes and beliefs were generally more accepted among my various tribes of humans on this planet. My family could still get together and generally enjoy each other's company, even if we voted in different political parties, had different career paths, or had different religious affiliations. All that changed, of course, starting in 2020. Today, no matter what my family says to me about how much they love me, I feel more like an outsider than ever before because of the choices that I've made and the truths that I have chosen to follow. 
While I don't claim to know everything about what's going on in the world, I have made my choices that align with my values and the values of my immediate nuclear family that unfortunately do not align with the values of some of my other family members. What they choose to believe to be rational and sensible behaviors, I see as giving up my power and personal agency, while the choices I believe to be rational and sensible behaviors, they see as being irresponsible and downright dangerous. What they see as truth, I see as mass media conditional programming. As human beings who are working to expand our consciousness from third density to the fourth, it is important that we make choices that are in balance with service to ourselves, also known as self-care, and service to others, which can also be seen as service to one's collective or community. Animals like rodents exist within a collective service to others paradigm without any concern for self-care or service to self. A squirrel or chipmunk doesn't have a strongly developed sense of self, as they generally operate as a collective consciousness for the benefit of the entire community. This is an example of second-density thinking, where survival of the group, species, or community outweigh any concerns for the individual. I once saw a fox find a nest of baby bunnies in my front yard. While the fox enjoyed a nice meal, the mama rabbit was nowhere to be found. Where did she go? Why wasn't she defending her babies? What she was doing was she ran away, and in another month or so, she would have another litter of babies while she completely forgot about the clutch that she lost to the hungry fox. When a squirrel is taken by a bobcat at a watering hole, do the other squirrels organize themselves into a phalanx and defend themselves against another attack? No. They simply keep doing what they were doing before until another one of their number is eaten by the next bobcat who happens to come along. What distinguishes humans from rodents is our ability to make choices with regard with what is best for ourselves versus what is best for our community or tribe. According to the law of one, once we achieve a perfect balance of 51% service to others and 49% service to self, we start to understand the illusion of the constructs of time and 3D reality, and we can graduate to the next density of consciousness. This is not an easy process as it requires the breaking down of everything we thought we believed in, and it also requires us to leave our comfort zones as we do the work to face our own shadows. No one can deny that human beings over the last four years have polarized themselves into a new kind of tribalism that has made communication impossible and the probability of violence all the more likely. It is as if human beings are devolving from third-density beings with a strong sense of self and their own ability to make choices for themselves into second-density beings with a strong sense of groupthink that is centered on service to their tribe without any consideration of what their own individual needs may be. I believe that this is intentional. As our collective consciousness begins its awakening process to its next evolutionary step, individual consciousnesses that are not ready 
or who have chosen to not do the work to expand their minds are falling backward into second density consciousness where they must relearn what it means to be a being who acts with individual agency. Meanwhile, those of us who have been able to maintain our sense of self throughout all of this evolutionary madness will be able to move on to the next level. There is a certain level of sadness and even loneliness that can come from evolving one's consciousness. As we leave behind our old groupthink models and their strong sense of belonging, even if that existence didn't provide any particular joy. After all, while chipmunks enjoy a strong sense of belonging to the group consciousness, I'm sure that being a food source to nearly every predator in the woods is not particularly a fun experience. What is important is that we remember that no matter how strong that bond to the group was, it pales in comparison to the level of love and connection that comes from fourth density existence. I'm not there yet, but I get glimpses of it from time to time, especially when I work with my pendulum and I talk to you and my clients. The more we work, the more we get past the expansion and the less that we want to be connected to what we had in the past. If you are ready to let go of your own second and third density constructs so that you can see what lies beyond, I am ready to help you discover it. Simply go to my website, vitalbioenergetics.com and book a free 30-minute consultation with me. We'll talk more about what you and I can do together, and we will see if Akashic Dowsing is right for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. For more information about Bill and Nina G, please go to www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time.